Welcome to the Sky Society Podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. Welcome back to another episode of the Sky Society podcast. I am here today with Megan K. Marty, the head of marketing at Common Desk. Welcome, Megan K. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to be chatting with you. Of course. Megan um, has the, I feel like the quintessential career journey of going from a, um, an administrative assistant to now the head of marketing. And so we're going to dive into that journey today. Um, but first off, um, Megan Kay, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Megan Kay, obviously. I grew up in a really small town in Mississippi called Indianola, which most people have never heard of, but I'm Mississippi born and raised. And Um, my husband and I joke that I kind of ended up, we live in Seattle now, and I feel like I found the city that's the complete antithesis to where I'm from, but born and raised in a really small town. And I think early on, like found a love for communication and just learned how to talk to a lot of different people all the time, because it's kind of what you do in a small town, but went to a small private college in Mississippi for school and studied communication kind of in line with that. I was someone who changed their major like four times and then ended up with a different major after that and two minors. And so kind of tried everything during, Oh my gosh, four times, (laughs) four times. And then it kind of ultimately fast forward led to me staying in my first job for almost seven years now. And so um, as funny as it is to look back on college, wow, I did not know what I was doing. I guess it ended up working for the best, but um, studied communication, minored in um, graphic design and Spanish and focused on public relations within that wing. Um, Really did not have my sight set on marketing. I knew nothing about marketing. And so it's kind of fun. We'll get into that later, I know, but it's fun to see where I am today out of all of it. I think what you said there, just like not knowing what you wanted to do, changing your major four times and then ending up in a place where you're happy and you love your job, I think is going to give some comfort to people right now who are like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. No idea what job is going to be good for me because it can feel really scary. Like you're the only one that feels that way. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely not a foreign feeling. And it's one that's followed by so many, but there's hope on the other side of it. Good. (laughs) Um, And I, so you mentioned this, but what's super rare about your journey at Common Desk um, is that you, it was your first job out of college and you've been there for over seven years now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so rare because most people are just job hunting and going after the bigger salary or a different title or a flashier company or just getting bored and, and switching jobs. And so I think that's amazing. And I, I, I want to dive into that real quickly, but can you tell us what Common Desk is in case people don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So Common Desk was born and raised in Dallas. It started as a 
local brand, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of WeWork, um, who are now actually owned by, so that's our parent company as of a couple of months ago. But um, we do co-working and flexible office space for professionals of literally all kinds. So um, there's a diverse mix of product offerings, but essentially it's kind of flexible monthly workspace. But our co-working spaces are very community forward and all about making people's days better. When you started seven years ago, I bet co-working was barely a thing to like, we're now everyone's doing co-working. I COVID completely transformed that landscape. Yeah. Common Us was the first co-working business to really open full-time in Dallas and kind of brand itself as co-working. And it's the only one from the really like early days still standing as well. And so it's, it's been around for a long time. One of the first businesses, even in Texas as a whole. And so it's cool to see how the way we work has changed so much, but we all still want community and need a productive environment to do our best work. And so that's kind of the, really like the core of what Common Dust does. Is there one in Austin? There are a few. I was just say, I'm yeah. pretty sure I had a friend that was like, I'm getting a co-working space in a common desk. Like you should get one to, I'm pretty sure I've like looked into doing one. I actually might. So <laughs> you totally should. Um, there's one right at the corner of six and Congress downtown. So oh, that's beauty. a really good spot. Okay. Yeah. After this, I'm going to go. <laughs> I've it's been it. like Before on my that. to-do list. So amazing. Um, okay. Yeah. But you, so you started out of college at Common Desk as an administrative assistant. So you weren't even in marketing to start with. And after only five months, you got promoted to a marketing coordinator. How did you make that jump? Um, all of it was honestly really serendipitous. So starting with a small company has a lot of upsides. It also comes with a lot of trade-offs, but we were a five person company when I joined. And so it was very flat and full of opportunity and full of excitement and energy. And so I was lucky enough to kind of get in early and be one of the founding staff members for Common Desk uh, to grow us to where we are today, which is over, I think we have over a hundred employees. Oh my gosh, what number were you? Um, I think technically number six. Oh, one of the uh, first 10. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's amazing. Very, very early one. So six or seven, something around there, definitely within the first 10. But um, yeah, I was hired as an administrative assistant. The roles really were just, we had our CEO and our founder, and then we had community managers, which is kind of like the classic co-working role for the person who runs a given co-working space. So we had two of those and then two people who kind of helped with the facilities and like the maintenance of the day-to-day operations of the building. And then there was me and everyone needed help. <laughs> and so I just kind of knew I loved the concept and like the purpose of why Common Desk existed and um, really fell in love with the mission of it very quickly and saw how, how much it created community for people, which I was really passionate about and on board with. And so I, I remember a moment of thinking before I applied, I was like administrative assistant, not really the title that I'm, I'm wanting and jonesing for, but I think it's the right call. And hopefully I can use the season to learn and then something will come from there. And so essentially that's kind of what happened. That's the leap that I took. And it was actually my boss, our CEO, who 
we looked up in a couple of months and he had said within the interview process, if we won't keep you in this role, it'll be entry level. And the goal is to grow you into something else that's more suited to the unique skills that you bring to the company, which I think is, is kind of rare to have that opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. Process. So that was really cool right out of the gate and kind of helped me feel affirmation of like, all right, this is a good, a good place to be. But um, marketing, I mentioned this earlier, but it really wasn't on my radar in college. I had done, it's kind of ironic looking back and makes me laugh because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was, and so when I got the job at Common Desk, I decided, you know, I've got all these interests. I have all these skills and passions. I'm just going to bring them here and, and we'll see what happens. And so um, basically there was no marketing at all for the company. They had a great brand, but in a good website, but no active strategy for social media, for content marketing. We worked with an agency who were members of our co-working space. And so they kind of helped bolster some of the marketing efforts without having anyone full-time. But basically on day two of me starting, my coworker handed me the login to Instagram and was like, please do this. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, everyone was just passing the login around and the content so inconsistent. And I just really clearly, I kind of absorbed as an administrative assistant, my job was to answer phone calls and emails. And I was becoming really the first impression of the brand. And so it seems like an atypical role, but I would encourage anyone who's trying to get a foot in the door in marketing, it really can be really advantageous because you kind of get to acquire all knowledge of the company to be able to share that information. And then you also get to really try your hand at what it means to be the voice of a brand. And that's ultimately what has led to my success today. So all that said, I kind of became the person doing social media, writing the blog posts, helping write content because we had none, being the voice of the brand. And then it was my boss who, as we kind of sat down after a couple of months of me working at Common Desk, like, hey, we, let's re, you know, reconfigure your title. It's like, I think you're doing marketing. So do you want to be our marketing coordinator? And I said, sure. <laughs> and so wow. that's kind of how, how it all happened. It was, again, really serendipitous. And I think um, just kind of a product of me knowing what I liked to do and just trying to find as many opportunities to do that at work and then working for a company who was cool with it, which is yeah. really, really awesome. That's, um, a great journey. I have, I've got so many thoughts, but I think one of the first things is that I think there was, I, that you use that, that term serendipity. I think that was important. And especially your boss being able to identify that you were doing marketing and be like, that's where your skills lie. And that's where I want you to be. I feel like that's also really rare because a lot of companies wouldn't do that. They're just like, you're a marketing or you're an administrative assistant. That's what we're going to keep you at. That's what we're going to pay you at. And that's as easiest for us to do instead of investing in you and, 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 you know, believing in you to, to take on that bigger role. So I think that's awesome. And then you mentioned that you were given all these different marketing roles. Like someone handed you the Instagram login and that you just started accumulating these marketing tasks. Do you have any advice for someone who maybe is in a non-marketing role, like an administrative assistant job and they're just there, they're not getting handed those opportunities to get marketing experience, but they want some, what would you tell them? I would say document all of your thoughts. So as much as I think 
people who tend to pursue marketing are really creative and strategic. And so if you're in that position, you probably have a lot of ideas and you want to share them. And so for me, a lot of what came out of my opportunity, some of it was handed to me, just no one wanted to do it. And that was fine. But um, specifically for our website and for our blog content, we did have an agency who was doing it. And I kind of quickly realized the way Common Desk sounded on Twitter did not match the way we sounded on Instagram and Facebook. And it was from that observation where it's like, I was kind of playing into the voice on one of those platforms, but not all. And so I kind of brought it to my boss's attention. I'm like, hey, we don't sound consistent. I think this is going to impact our brand association. Like we need to speak with the same voice everywhere. And um, there were several other types of ideas similar to that. It's like, I think we should be presenting ourselves this way. Here's my solution to doing that. So not just posing yeah. the idea, but being armed and ready for how to approach it. And so a lot of, I think that like problem solving and solutions building is what really trusted him to turn over the keys to me more quickly than either of us probably expected um, because I had kind of that plan and wasn't just going to figure it out as I went, which there was some of that that definitely went on because everything was new to me with marketing. But um, I would encourage people to document the ideas, really focus on putting some legs around them. And then as terrifying as it can be sometimes, work up the confidence to start with one that you feel the most passionate about and the most capable of really being able to contribute. If you see a window of opportunity and then kind of starting from there, I think cool things fall in place once you just get that first one and then more opportunity will come your way. Well, I can see why you were promoted so quickly, Megan Kay. You are a rock star for even doing that as a racing college graduate. I can only imagine how scary that was to go up to your boss, but also you had to be really smart to identify that that was even an issue. And not only to identify it, but to come up with a solution like that is a lot harder than people think. And I love, love that advice of just, it's so, it's so easy to complain and be like, and people do this all the time, like gossip. Oh my gosh, your social media sucks. Like who's running it? It's terrible. Or, oh my gosh, did you see like the spelling error on like the email campaign? Like that's awful. And it's right. a whole, yeah, it's a whole nother mindset to say, we're not doing great on social media, but I think this is what would be really great for our brand. And then the next level is to actually bring that to someone's attention who could actually potentially give you the power to, to change it. So I think that's amazing advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, there's, I think too, on that, like, you may not be the one who actually gets to implement the change, but yeah, just trusting that by posing the observation and continuing to bring solutions to the table, eventually hopefully you will be seen as the person who can go fill that need, which I think um, is a really cool opportunity and way to get yourself known in that capacity. Yeah. Or maybe down the line, they have a marketing opening on the team and they realize like, oh my gosh, she's come to us like so many times, like with amazing ideas, like let's go to her first, see if she wants it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So you were really quickly promoted to marketing coordinator and about two and a half years later, you got a huge promotion, which is your current position of head of marketing. So tell us what you did to, I I mean, I think I have a good inkling now that you've told me a little bit about what you've done previously, but, um, getting promoted and staying at a company isn't as common as I mentioned before. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about why you chose to stay and also, 
kind of why, what contributed to you keeping on getting promoted and getting such a big one too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I can take the back end of the question first. Um, over, I guess kind of as I really settled into my marketing coordinator position and just learned a lot about marketing, everything was new to me and I committed to just as much research and um, after hours, like article perusing, I went to a conference, like tried to just brush up as much as possible. I think I knew all my natural skills were marketing, but I wanted to make sure I knew how to channel that in the right way for the business. And so um, by the time I'd been in the role for a couple of years, we looked up and it was time, like the company was growing. We had hired a couple more people. I think at that point, we probably had 15 staffers. So say we doubled in size and um, we were growing our locations as well. And also really our reputation. We went from just being this small kind of indie co-working brand in Dallas uh, to starting to become more of a statewide player at that point. And so um, as we were thinking of growing the marketing team, I at that point was kind of the person who knew the brand best. And I was the one who had helped really identify who we are. Like we all kind of felt it. It was perceived when you walked into a common desk, you could, you could just feel that it was different from other similar types of brands and, and offerings. But no one had just really put on paper what that meant. And so one of my favorite things to do at work is just to do that, to take that perceived aura of like, okay, this is all brand. It's kind of a mix of a lot of things. It's hospitality for us. It's experience. It's what people think of and they think of who we are, but then it's also marketing and it has this strategy angle to it. And so I, over those two years, had just tried to document as much as possible. I had helped redesign the website and create some new brand identity assets. It um, was really the first time we felt like Common Us knew who it was. And out of that, as we thought about hiring other people, um, it felt like it made sense for me to help lead that so that we stayed true to who we are. I think that was always our core. So um, I got to start kind of building out the marketing wing, and then it's all just evolved from there. So that's kind of, I guess, the backstory to the title I currently have. And then I guess too, with it being a younger company and a lot of us are young in age as well, there's just a little more fluidity with, okay, you want this title? Here you go. And the past four years have been really like me owning it and stepping into that. And um, I genuinely feel like because I really knew who I was and what I valued as a person, when I found Common Desk, I found a company that felt like it, like what I valued and who I am was celebrated in the context of work. And so it's had highs and lows, there have been ups and downs and hard seasons for sure. It's a, it's a job and work can be really hard, but um, ultimately I feel like I've been able to just be who I am at work. And that has helped with the longevity. I can't say I plan to stay for seven years. I don't think anyone knows what they're going to do in the future, yeah. but um, it's cool that I've been able to continue to grow, continue to learn, but really just to be able to be who I am at work and that be celebrated, I think is a, a really rare opportunity. And so that's helped really contribute into what I do. And ultimately that value alignment makes me better at my job because I believe in what the brand does and how 
it um, markets itself. And I think that's huge. So yeah, for anyone looking for a marketing role, I would say kind of that sense of knowing who you are and what, what type of environment you want to be in and looking for alignment there can really go a long way in, in longevity and being able to stay at a company. Yeah, I want to dive into that a little bit because I, I think that's a rare, um, a rare comment or just or a rare perspective to have of, I want to put my values first and then the company should align with, with what I value because so often we're applying to jobs and we want bigger paycheck, a better title, more benefits and feel like the values piece gets forgotten and that can lead to, it's probably why people leave jobs so many times because they're not feeling fulfilled at their work, which is such a big component of career contentment and feeling happy. And so um, I know you mentioned that your biggest work passion is leading marketing and empathy um, and values with brand identity and that standing by your personal values is not just something for your personal life, but it should be something that is also in your business um, life. And I, and I mean, I remember back at my old company where there were, you know, maybe issues where, where women were being treated differently than men, or there were issues where, you know, things didn't feel right, but I was always afraid to say anything. And so what advice would you give to someone who's afraid to be their authentic self because they, they want to get hired or they want to keep their job and they're afraid that if they're, they're being who they are, that they will be rejected? Yeah, it's such a big question. And I think it can be answered in a lot of ways. And that fear is really valid because you really never know how companies are going to respond. And a lot of times, depending on the company, they may not have your values or your best interest in mind when they're looking for a role. But I, I personally am in the camp that by standing with, by who you are and what you believe in, if a company doesn't receive you well, if you're trying to stand up for yourself and kind of campaign for what you believe in, be it in a job interview, or once you get there, then, um, it may not be the best place to be in the long term. And I think to your point, that probably does contribute to a lot of the turnover that exists today. But ultimately, um, I think by trying to find commonalities, you know, it all, all goes back to marketing. So if you can say, <laughs> okay, company, you say you believe in X, Y, Z, or if it's not clearly stated, like what I mentioned for Common Desk, it did not have values on its website. It just kind of said, here's what we exist to do. And it felt like that could be interpreted as, all right, I think we're on the same page. And once I did the interview process, it really felt like I had alignment there. Um, but I think by finding those values, hopefully they're stated and then saying, okay, authenticity is fun for you guys. Here's why that's important to me if it is and being able to find commonality. And then for us, authenticity is a big core value. And so now that I work at Common Desk, anytime we do something that feels like it goes against that value, because I share it, I can say, hey, I know authenticity, I care about it. So I'm bringing this to the table, because I know you value it too. And I think the conversation goes a lot differently when you're able to give feedback with that as the context versus like, this just feels off, it feels wrong but you haven't shared what you care about. So they don't know how to receive you when you're coming from a place of feedback yeah. and, and vice versa. Um, ultimately, I think I would just encourage women to stand up for what they believe in, who they think they are. And marketing can be 
an industry that really wants you to mold into the brand itself. And it's really hard to not do that when you often are the one who is being the voice of the brand in so many ways and playing into the messaging and the campaigns and that identity. But if you stand by who you are, you're going to be probably a lot healthier at work and hopefully get more fulfillment out of what you do within your role. Like we mentioned, that sense of purpose can be really hard to find sometimes like stay the course. If you haven't found it yet, I, I hope it comes for you. And I think there are seasons of jobs that are going to sharpen you and teach you. And then ones where you're going to be able to come in and, and use that sense of purpose. So it might not be there for every single one, but hopefully if you do the work to kind of define who you are and who you want to stand by with your identity, um, it should make each season more bearable. That's beautiful. I love that. So much of what you said. I always like to say, belongs on a t-shirt somewhere. Um, <laughs> I I also want to just go back real quickly to what you said about how to bring up things that you don't feel are right. And now you bring it back to a value of the company. And it reminds me of a sales strategy of like, if you're trying to sell something, like use the, what they said that they wanted, right? Like if I'm yeah. trying to sell you a pen, you told me that you want to write, I should like bring that up. And so I think the same thing is like when you're bringing something up, it's also saying it's not about me. It's about the good of the company of like, this feels authentic. You said that this is your value. I don't think this aligns with your value. And that kind of takes the thing of like, I think something is like the, how do I say that? The personalization of the issue and like brings it yeah. into the company. Absolutely. It helps kind of keep it, I think a little more neutralized yes. and about the business itself, even though yes. you obviously have a lot to contribute to it and probably a personal reaction to maybe whatever's going on. But it, I think helps turn the attention to let's work together yes. because this could be an issue for company culture or for business production, whatever it is. And so let's call it an issue because we know something's you know misaligned and then work together to solve it. I think it goes a lot more, it can go a lot more smoothly that way. Yeah. I love that piece of advice. That's amazing. Um, one of the things I also, so that authenticity piece, I think has been really big and through your career. And I can sense that even just the way where, how you talk about common desk, you know, it's almost like you're talking about a close friend um, and not just like a company that you work for. And so I could, I could tell that that authenticity is really big for you. And one of the other themes throughout your career, and I think we kind of touched on that when you went from that administrative assistant role to marketing coordinator is that you very much believe that you can do more than you think you're capable of. And we've touched on fear and I, uh, a huge portion of our audience are young women that are starting out in their career and they're new and fears just can be all consuming either if you're looking for a job and you feel unqualified or if you have a job and you feel imposter syndrome because you don't feel like you deserve it. Yeah. So what, what advice do you have for people and, and how does that kind of manifest in, in your career and how can people take that um, to help them succeed? Yeah. Um, I'll say I do empathize with that fear and imposter syndrome. They're both very real and um, they can be intimidating. It's hard to overcome that in different seasons. And I think the thing that I try to lean on most personally, and even when I look back on my career journey, I think the things that got me to where I am are taking the leap when you don't know if you're going to have a parachute. Like, just putting yourself out there and believing like, I know, I know I'm good at this. I got here for a reason. Um, or if you're not quite there yet, like knowing 
that you're going to land on your feet. It's, it may take time and it may be a beat down as you wait, but, um, sometimes I think the scariest, or I guess the fear and the scariest part can feel like putting yourself out there. But I think in the world of marketing, especially it's so much of just like you presenting who you are and, um, really having to market yourself in a lot of ways. And so as much as you can own who you are and build up the confidence and just kind of take that jump, it may not be a huge jump. It may be more of a hop, but it's still scary. If you're in a season of fear, just trying to put yourself out there, even if the first time it hurts or the second time it hurts, I think that continual effort it's I mean it's easier said than done right like we've we've all been in different moments of it but um I think the big leaps and really like those acts of I have no idea what's going to happen when I do this but I know if I don't do it I may regret it that for me has kind of been the theme of why I've gotten where I am and um at least trying so I can say I tried and then if it doesn't work out I'll get creative. I'll strategize. There's always more to think on. There's always another angle. Sometimes it takes us a little while to find it, but, um, I'm typically one who would rather at least fail trying than just kind of watch and wait and never shoot my shot. And I really do think we're all capable of doing more than we think that we are because imposter syndrome, like our head can yell at us and yeah, we're our worst critic. We really are like most of the time people are not even thinking half the things that were any of the things that we think about ourselves. So if we can kind of change the narrative internally and say, no, I can do this. Who told me I couldn't probably no one. So like, I'm going to believe in myself. I'm going to go for it. That's a good question to ask yourself. Who told me I couldn't? (laughs) I feel like I, I don't know where I heard that, but, um, the narrative of like, when you find yourself being mean to yourself or saying you can't do something, just stop and say, where did I hear that? And you're probably going to realize that no one actually said it. You're just listening to something that you're, you're perceiving to be the truth when it's really not. And it's really grounding because then you're like, oh, cool. No, that's not the case. I'm, I'm going to just throw that thought away and move forward past it. And so Um, yeah, I think sometimes we just have to get over our own mental hurdles and it's hard to do. I don't want to make that sound easy, but sometimes just doing like the trust fall exercise and hoping (laughs) that things are going to work out can lead to really beautiful things. So that's great advice. Mary Kay, um, Megan Kay, sorry. That's great advice. Um, What my last piece of advice that I would love to hear from you is what advice would you give to someone who's applying to marketing jobs and is looking to stand out in their applications? Um, I get that. I get asked this one a lot, especially now with the layoffs and hiring freezes, it's been a little bit more competitive. So how can someone stand out? Um, I have not obviously been through a lot of different job application processes, but the thing that got me the job that I currently have I, there, they were at the tail end of the process. I learned later once I had gotten hired for the administrative assistant role when I first applied at Common Desk. And when I found the position, I like so quickly was excited. I wrote, I told my boss this one, like that is the most reckless cover letter I've ever written. I think it can be really easy, especially as people who in marketing, we tend to be like perfectionists and wordsmiths. Like we want it to be perfect. Um, 
I think I wrote my cover letter in five minutes for, for past jobs I've been applying for. I would spend a whole day on one cover letter for a job. And then for this one, I just knew I was excited and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to make it different. And so um, I wrote a quick cover letter. It was professional and like tact, um, full of tact, but it, it was personality oriented. Like I wasn't afraid to kind of share who I am and why I was genuinely enthusiastic about this opportunity and kind of give a little bit of personality because I perceived that Common Desk would be a brand that would receive that well. I think that can be a careful balance, but um, ultimately I made it seem as personal as possible and authentic to go back to that. And I sent it and my boss instantly brought me in for an interview, fast tracked me up. And he told me later on, he's like, I have to this day, he still says it's the best cover letter he ever read. Don't what? come me for advice because I think it was <laughs> luck. But um, I, I think it was just out of that like sense of, I'm really excited. I think it goes a long way. And that personal reach out as well. Um, I didn't apply through the website at the time, but I emailed it directly to our CEO and, um, he was the one who read it and brought me in and, and it went from there. So I think that personal email, be it, if you apply on a system, trying to find someone at the company to reach out to and make an email feel personal in addition to your application. Um, and that can be a great way to kind of humanize you and make you jump out from the piece of paper. Yeah, those two things. It's so I always recommend that, but I remember when I first started posting content on TikTok for Sky Society, I made a video about cover letters about like, you know, wh why you shouldn't spend like you need to put a time block and spend too much time. And I gave some tips and I had all of these people stitch me and say, don't write cover letters. No one reads cover letters. Really? All this stuff. And I remember and and also funny note, only guys stitched me side note <laughs> but okay. I, I remember being like am I wrong to give this to give this advice yeah. and I thought back though in um in my accelerator I have a, a cover letter format and I've had girls tell me like Natalie I've I got the job because like they the recruiter just like couldn't stop talking about my cover letter and so I feel like it's those extra things where yeah maybe a lot of companies don't read your cover letter um maybe they don't care that you reached out but there are a few that do and the ones that notice it are, that's when it's going to matter. And so I think that, yeah, it feels like sometimes you're just doing it and no one's seeing it, but then eventually all it takes is that one person to notice it and appreciate it. Absolutely. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, what, what harm could it bring? You know, yeah. what could it hurt? might as well try, try to make it as personal as possible while being professional. I do think yeah. when it is read, it has the opportunity to really go a long way and help you stand out. Can you give one example of how you made it personal? Sure. Uh, I do. So my opener, I, my method for job searching when I first moved from Mississippi to Dallas was new to the city. I really didn't know many people and I was really eager to explore. Like there's so much I wanted to see having come from a small town. And so I would go to coffee shops, apply for a job. And then my motivation is like, once I submitted one job application, would drink my coffee and then I'd get to go explore the neighborhood that I was in. And um, I was at this coffee shop in Deep Ellum in Dallas. And it's actually, it was three blocks away from where Common Desk flagship space is, kind of serendipitous the way that that happened. But um, I was at this particular coffee shop 
And my friend had texted me on my drive over a link to a job opening. I like had seen the drop down while I was mapping over and I could tell it was about a job, but I didn't know what the company was. So I get to the coffee shop, log into the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi network, the name of the shop was like Murray Street Coffee. And then when I logged into the Wi-Fi, it said common desk, free Wi-Fi. And I was so confused. I almost went to the barista to make sure I was like on the right network, but it was working. So I opened the link in the iMessage on my phone and it was, I clicked it open, common desk administrative assistant. I was like, who is this company? Like what on earth? I went from never hearing of them to like back to back common desk, like what is happening? So I quickly researched the company and I mean, it was literally one of those aha moments of like, I feel like I just found a piece of gold. Like I went from not knowing this to five minutes of research on co-working and what Common Dust does, feeling like this is what I want to do. So the opener in my cover letter was like, dear Mr. Clark, the, it's funny to think of calling my boss, Mr. Clark, but dear Mr. Clark, you know, I write this cover letter to you as I'm buzzing off of both the Italian macchiato at Murray Street Coffee, as well as the excitement that I feel having found Common Desk and its administrative position, um, administrative assistant position, something like that, which is like, uh. I'm excited, but also I'm going to try to weave in the fact that knowing they were local down the street is what I discovered. Like he probably knows the coffee shop I'm at. Yeah. And if you're using the Wi-Fi, it's probably close. <laughs> coffee shop connection, exactly. Yeah. So they probably care about local business, coffee culture, whatever. So I'm just going to be honest about where I am and literally the state of me writing this cover letter and kind of mentioned, I could tell Common Desk was really about community. And so I weaved in my personal like love for people finding community and um, just kind of use that as the hook for my story. Not having work experience formally, I had internships and volunteer things from college like most people do. And so I tried to just like connect all of that into the angle that I could tell Common Desk was most passionate about. And then ultimately speaking their language, I think with some personal experience is what helps him quickly be like, okay, yeah, bring this girl in. We need to talk to her. So um, there's the example. It's kind of specific. To I know that's perfect. Travel, Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I hope it's helpful. Uh, I would not call myself a master cover letter writer, but it worked for me once, so hopefully it's helpful for others as they explore the job application process. Yes, absolutely. I think everything you've touched on was super helpful going through your career journey and, and just hearing how you, I mean, went from administrative assistant to head of marketing is amazing and incredibly inspiring. So thank you so much for, for sharing your journey. Uh, it's been so much fun talking to you. Where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, thank you for having me. It's been such a joy to chat with you. I'm a big fan of everything Sky Society is doing. Um, everyone is welcome to find me on LinkedIn. Megan K. Marty is my name. Instagram, if you want. I love TikTok. I wouldn't say I'm a big content creator there just yet, but there are a couple just of yet? <laughs> Washington State adventures that find their way on my TikTok every now and then. So We'll see. Stay tuned. We're still figuring out if we want to be present, but That's I'm like a say. total <laughs> consumer, but not sure like if I want to create or not. But um, yeah, those are all safe places to get in touch and I would be happy to collaborate. And you're Megan K. Marty on there too? Yes. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you again, Megan Kay. Um, it was so much fun and it was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. It's been a total joy. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also join our private LinkedIn group for women in marketing. It's called Sky Society Women in Marketing, and you are welcome to join us on LinkedIn. And you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at skysociety.co for more information on all things marketing and career. And I'll see you in the next episode.